We're glad you're here with us today on the Christian Ministries Church podcast. We pray God's word speaks to your heart today as Pastor Chapman Laxton shares the word with us. We're going to continue on with our, our Names of God series tonight, and I'm, I'm really excited about this um, because one of the things that I want us to see as we are uh, diving in on the names of God, and, and one of the things that I want to elaborate on is that understanding these names of God don't get you saved. I, I, Pastor Asher couldn't have said it any more clear than what he's talking. You don't need to know every name of God. Don't have to to go to heaven. Don't have to. You don't have to to, to to be able to walk through those doors. You don't have to know not one single characteristics of God's name to be able to come in here and praise. Give glory to him. But what I want you to know is that by knowing these names, you'll go, you'll go deeper in your relationship with him. And, and that's, that's really what I, what I want to see. I, what I pray happens is, as we study in the Word and we see the, the name God written there, that there's like a little switch that gets turned. I, I, wonder, I wonder what part of God they're talking about right there. I wonder what name of God, what's, what's being written in Hebrew that, that, they're, that, that when, when the person who wrote God there, what part of God were they wanting me to make sure that I saw? What part of our Lord... Am I, or is, is trying to, to come out to me to reveal himself to me. Because like Pastor Ashley said, and I, and I talked about it a little bit this morning with the kids at the school, but I said, you know, when you see God wrote there, that's in English and it just is God. We don't have, the, we don't have a fancy way to put it in Hebrew, so we just put God. And it leaves sometimes a lot to be desired when we're talking about understanding a, lim- a limitless God with our limited ability to describe him. So I, that's, my, that's my prayer, that, that every time that we see a name of God, we need to see that it's not just a nickname. It's not just some cool, oh, you know, it's like some inside joke. Well, hey, Slim. Well, hey, Pickles. You know, it's not just like some nickname that you get that, that you're only privy to if you're in that circle. See, every name of God is God saying, you can know me like that. You can know me like that. You're, you don't have to be left on the outside. You don't have to be, oh, well, well only Pastor Ashley can really know, know God like that. I just, boy, I'm just on the out. No, God's saying, I want you to know me like this. You can know me. You can, you can be tight with me and know me by my, by my names. You can be tight and understand that every single name isn't just some story, isn't just some interesting thing. or some, it's, a, it's a revelation. It's a look into a single characteristic of God that ties in with a whole bunch of other names of God. That, it's not just like, oh, well, here's this one separate name that doesn't have anything to do with this name over here. No, all the names. All the, Mel, last week's talking about Adonai, our master. Our, our, our leader, our, our, our Lord. We get caught up so much in God, God's our Father, and, and yes, yes, all of that. I believe that wholeheartedly. And, and, and the name of God that I'm going to talk about tonight, I, but God's wanting us to know him in the capacities that he, for a reason. We've got to know him as our master. We've got to know him. God wants us to know him more than anything else. 
Hosea 6.6, and I'm reading this, this, this scripture out of the NLT because I like how it says it. It says, I want you to show love, not offer sacrifices. I want you to know me more than I want burnt offerings. See, more than God wants religious activities taking the place of relationship, God wants you to know him more. God wants you to know him and understand him more and to see and to, and to yearn and to not lean on your own understanding, but to really get to know him, to really get to experience him at a personal, intimate level. And, and all of us that are married in, the, in, this, in this church tonight or listening on podcasts, we understand that it's in a healthy, intimate relationship. You know the person on the other end, right? You know the person on the other end. You, you know them. You know, you know what their dislikes are. You know what their likes are. You know what their favorites are. And you know what they're... Y'all with me? So whenever God is revealing a name to us, we have to see is that he is revealing a portion of himself to us to be understood. And it's for a reason. And so tonight, I want to introduce you to Jehovah Jireh. The Lord who provides, or the Lord our provider, Jehovah Jireh. See, he is our provider. And, and you might say, okay, I get it, God can provide. No, 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 no. It's not just that God can provide, or that God might provide, or that God really would have liked to provide it, but shoot, man, I just I didn't have nothing in my pockets to get. No, he's the Lord who is providing. He is the Lord who is providing. He's in the process of providing. He's in the business of provision. He doesn't ever go bankrupt. He doesn't ever run out. The provision is always there. The, 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 the thing that you're need, we've we still got a reason to praise. The provision for our praise is always available to us, and he don't ever run out. He's never on empty going, ah, oh, well, hit me up next week. Hit me up next week. And I, I mean, I'll, I'll get you next, I'll get you next, oh shoot, here, let me pay for that. Oh, well, oh, uh, he's not, that's not how our God operates. He's saying, I am your provider. If you're taking notes, write this down, God equals provision. God equals provision. God equals provision. The provision that you are in need of can come from God. It can come from God. That, that's, that is where it has to come. And, uh, and, and we're going to, we're going to kind of study this for just a second, the, the first time and the only time, the first and only time that it's used in the Bible, and it's significant because it's used one time, is that it's used in Genesis 22, verse 14. When he is revealing himself that I will be who I will be, God is saying, I will be your provider. And, and it's significant. Not because, and, and, and hear me, I'm prosperity. I'm a prosperity guy. I believe that God wants us to be the head and not the tail. I believe all these things. I believe that he, we came to have life and have it more abundantly. But, but above just all the things that we can get and have, if we'll just, there's a relationship that God wants to have because of faith. Because we are now not just people who get stuff. We're sons and we're daughters through the provider. And what he did and what he's going to do. So, so let's take a look at this. Genesis 22, verse 14. So Abraham called that place 
the Lord will provide, or Jehovah Jireh. And to this day it is said, on the mountain of the Lord it will be provided. See, it's really interesting because when we're talking about our provision, we, we have to kind of have a little bit of an understanding of what just happened, what just took place in Genesis 22. See, Abraham just took his son, his only son, his only son that God gave him, up on a mountain and had prepared him to sacrifice him because God said, you're going to sacrifice your son to me. And in faith, Abraham walked up that mountain believing God told me that I would be given a son, that I would be provided with a son. And whenever Isaac said, Father, we have all the elements, but where's the sacrifice? Abraham's response to Isaac was, the Lord will provide. The Lord will provide the sacrifice. And so whenever, whenever by faith, Abraham walked that mountain, laid and Isaac and Abraham, because it, it's a mutual thing, Isaac laid himself on the altar, a son submitted to the father's will, type and shadow, to a father who laid down his only son, type and shadow, the, whole, the, the Spirit of the Lord came and said, whoa, 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 Abraham, Abraham. One time in Scripture, there's significance to it. See, God was pointing us to somewhere else. On the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. There would be a provision. See, it was a type and shadow. What, what Abraham was saying is, there's going to be a day where every need is going to be met in. There's going to be a day where all the sacrifice will be settled. There's going to be a day, and on that mountain, that mountain being Sinai, the new covenant, all of our needs are met. Genesis 22, verses 15 through 18. The angel of the Lord called Abraham from heaven a second time and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and make you descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sands on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies and through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. Father Abraham had many sons. He had one natural born son. But it was through his son that Jesus came. And then through what Jesus did, you and I are all now sons and daughters. The provision was made. The provision was made. The promise was answered. Our promises are answered through Jehovah Jireh. Because we know that Jehovah Jireh is our provider and we can get that knowledge, what tends to happen sometimes is we lose our focus on just how important that name was to be. See, what God was pointing to was pointing to Christ. But a lot of people start thinking that it was pointing to a Chrysler, that it was pointing to a Ford, that it's pointing to a Chevrolet. Whenever God was gonna provide for us, it was gonna be for stuff. Now, I, I, wanna, I wanna settle in on something real quick. I, I wanna make sure that we get, we, we, our needs are met in the Lord. 
okay? Just a few scriptures here. There are many, many blessings. James 1.17, every good and perfect gift is from above. Philippians 4.19, and my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Psalm 23, surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Psalm 103, praise the Lord my soul, and not forget all his benefits, who forgives all your sin, heals all your disease, redeems your life from the pit, and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. We have to see that there are benefits that come in this earth from being lined up with Jehovah Jireh. But it's not about the stuff. We, what we end up doing is we seek the provision over the one doing the providing. We get so concerned with, it's the opposite mentality. We get so concerned with the provision that even in our seeking of the provision, we don't think that God can move any other way. God, answer my prayer exactly like Jehovah Jireh, you are my provider, provide me with this. And God's going, why do you, I've got something so much better than what you're, than that. That's not going to handle that. And we start getting frustrated because we don't see our role in the relationship by understanding this name of God. See, I was doing a little bit of studying. And, and I love, the word says that in nature, God's glory is revealed. Well, in nature, there's, there are, there's a kind of, of relationship that happens between two separate organisms beyond just predator and prey. And these kind of relationships, I think, are perfect for talking about what, what, what we're discussing right here. It, they're called symbiotic relationships. Okay, so two different organisms that put up with each other for, 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 a, for a different reason than, you know, I'm a lion, you're a sheep, sorry, I'm supposed to chase you and try to eat you. Okay? And I, and I want to kind of show this because I think this is a great representation of how we get our thinking mixed up when we talk about approaching Jehovah Jireh. See, one of the basic types of symbiotic relationships is called commensalism, or a commensalistic relationship. It's C-O-M-M-E-N-S-A-L-I-S-M, okay? I know you guys are like, whoa, but just, just hear, hear me out. In this type of symbiotic relationship, one benefits while the other is not affected. One benefits while the other is not affected. This occurs in nature. It's called a commensalistic relationship. A lot of people have this twisted in two different ways. The first is they see it as God demands our obedience so he, because he's just some glory hound who, who demands that we praise him and that, because that's just how it is. He's God and we're not. And, and we don't ever stop to think that he's loving and he's compassionate and that on the other side of that, he would like to bless us. The other side is, what can I get from being in church? Jehovah Jireh, bless me today. Provide for me today. Provide for me. Provide, 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 God. 
and one benefits while the other doesn't. A a type of example of this, and I thought this lined up, this was just really cool. Sometimes dust mites, little itty-bitty dust mites, will get on larger flying insects so they can get a free ride to someplace else. There's some people that try to grab on to Jehovah Jireh just because they're just trying to, they're just trying to get something out of it. I don't, I'm not really concerned with, with serving. I'm not really concerned with, with giving back. I'm not really concerned with this being a, a give and a t- I'm just, okay, how can this get me out of this situation that I'm in right now just so that I can get here and then I can dip out? Another one, and this is, this is kind of tough, but I mean, I think we need to hear it. Another kind of symbiotic relationship is called parasitism. Parasite is the root word there. Parasite. In this kind of relationship, one benefits the parasite while the other is harmed, the host. We have people who try to approach Jehovah Jireh where they are just, church is all about. How can this benefit me? And I don't care who needs to be told that what they're doing isn't helping. The song choices were terrible today. I don't know what that coffee shop team's doing in there. They need, the parking lot guys need to do a little bit of a better All it is is how can I affect this environment so that I'm comfy, cozy, and my needs are met, that my way's provided for. Boy, I sure wish that I, not caring about the people in the places that are serving, they they just exist just so that they can feed me, feed what I want. Jehovah Jireh, my my provider, except that's not how... That's not how God intended this relationship to be at all. What he intended our relationship to be was a mutualistic, symbiotic relationship. And and I want you to hear this. God gets something out of our relationship with him. It's easy for us to, we see all the blessings. We know that we're church people, right? We know all the promises. We can, we know the ones that are about us. You know, it's kind of like in basketball. I might forget the plays where I had to run something, pass something to somebody else, but I knew the plays that were for me to score, Right? We're real good about memorizing the verses that are for me to score, right? You know God gets something out of this relationship? You know, you know what it is? It's you. God gets exactly what he wants in our relationship. When we, when we approach it and we approach Jehovah Jireh from a mutualistic place, he gets you. Because it's about a give and a take. Okay, God, you sent your son and laid down, and he laid down his life for me. Now what I want to do, because you did this for me, I'm going to lay down my life for you, God. I'm going to seek you more. I'm going to, I'm going to spend some time chasing after you. I want to spend some time learning your names. I want to spend some time studying. And I know I'm preaching to the Wednesday night crowd. But we've got to be so careful that we don't make approaching Jehovah Jireh about the provision and not the provider. Or what happens is we start getting things, we start getting our thinking way off. Grace for me, but not for thee. This is just about my provider, my provision. How can I get what I want? Hold on, hold on. 
we have to come to a place where we understand our role. Philippians 4.11 or 4, through 13 says this, I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstance. Wait, we're talking about Jehovah Jireh, our provider. Well, let's, let's keep reading. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether I am well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. When we come to a position where we understand that we are provided for and taken care of and looked out for regardless of what our bank account might say in the moment, how our feelings might feel in the moment, how our body might feel in the moment. Boy, I'm hurting, but I know that my provi- I, I've learned to be content because I know that through all, in all things, it's Christ who gives me strength. Jehovah Jireh, my provider, I still have a reason to praise. My provision, my provision is coming. My provision, actually, my provision came. Jesus, he, Jesus Christ died on the cross and then he rose again. So, so now I just need to make sure I'm getting myself in line. I'm not losing hope. I'm not losing heart. I'm not turning around. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord is my provider. I'm content. See, we have to learn our roles in the relationship. God is Jehovah Jireh. And when we learn to see God as Jehovah Jireh, it gives us another side of the coin that is, is, cannot be true if God is Jehovah Jireh. If God is Jehovah Jireh, I am not. If the Lord is my provider, I'm not, I'm not my provider. Now hear me, hear me. If a man don't work, he don't eat. This doesn't change any of that. When you work, though, what you do is you activate God's ability to provide through your work. God blesses you. God anoints you. You still got to do your part. If you need to go back and listen to Pastor Tim's message on that. But see, whenever I realize that the Lord is my provider and I am not my provider, oh, it makes that a lot easy. It makes that a whole lot easier for me to approach Jehovah Jireh because I don't have to do it off of my intelligence. I don't have to do it based on my ability. I don't have to do it based off of any other thing than God, I am believing in what you say, and in faith now, I'm stepping out, and I'm going to do what you've told me to do, because, Lord, you are my provider. And obeying Jehovah Jireh doesn't always look like the most financial sense. Doesn't always seem like it's, that's what I ought to do based on how I feel. God, I'm really upset with my spouse. It really doesn't make sense for me to try to outserve them right now. It just, it doesn't seem to make sense. God, you are my provider. I'm hurting right now, Lord. My body's hurting right now, Lord. But God, I have learned to be content and I can do all things through, through you who gives me strength. My provision has already come and the spirit of God is on the inside of me. See, it's in the faith. Based on, Pastor Ashley taught a really good message on this too on Sunday. It's only in faith of who we think God is, that we come to the place of realizing that's who he is. 
we can't ever get to a place of having an expectancy on Jehovah Jireh if you don't think that God won't provide for you. And there's a difference between believing He's your provider and having faith that He's your provider. That's stepping out and doing what He said. That's stepping out and going where He's told you to go, doing what He's told you to do. And there's a split and a divide because our actions tell on us. Our actions judge us whether or not we think He's Jehovah Jireh or not. God, you're Jehovah Jireh. Except I really, if I lose this job doing the right thing, trying to make a stand for you, Lord, I, I can't do that. I mean, God, if I lose this job, what am I going to do? Lord, you're Jehovah Jireh. Except, God, if I understand this relationship isn't healthy for me to be in, but if I break up with them or if I, if, 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 if I don't have them in my life or if I lose this friend, I'll have nobody. And there's nobody else in the whole wide world that I could ever. God, you're Jehovah Jireh. But man, I don't know about going down and getting prayed over. I, I, don't, I just don't know. Man, that'd be really embarrassing. See, we have to stop this kind of thinking. It, it, you can't live in the, well, my dad was this way, my dad's dad was this way, my dad's dad's dad was this way, my great-great-great-great-granddad was this way. Because we all trace our lineage back to Adam and Eve. And they sinned. And they caused this whole mess. And, and Jehovah Jireh has been providing and has provided a way since then for us to get out of this mess. He's, he's be, always been Jehovah Jireh. He's been fixing this. He's been fixing our mistakes. He's been setting this up so that you and I, who, who, who are Gentiles, are now called sons and daughters of the Most High. He's our provider. He's our provider. 1 Corinthians 8, verse 5, I think just really speaks to this speaks to the fact that it's God who is the constant one and we're the variable. It says this, For even if there are so-called gods, whether in heaven or on earth, as indeed there are many gods and many lords, if any time you see these, it's sarcasm, yet for us there is but one God, the Father from whom all things came and for whom we live. And there is but one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom all things came and through whom we live. But pay really close attention to this next part. But not everyone possesses this kind of knowledge. Not everybody thinks like that. Not everybody chooses to acknowledge there's just one. There's just one provider. And some people are still so accustomed to idols that when they eat sacrificial food, they think of it as having been sacrificed to a God. And since their conscience is weak, it is defiled. When we don't operate in the, common, the spiritual common sense that there's one, there's one God, there's one Jehovah Jireh, 
There's one provider, and it ain't you, and it ain't me. It's not a man. It's not a woman. It's not some, some spiritual person that you really look to. It's not some guy you watch on TikTok. It's not some lady you watch. It's not some athlete. It's not some politician that there's only one place. There's only one mountain that you get provision on. When we don't operate like that, our conscience is devout all the time. We get anxious, we get nervous, we get afraid. We think that we're not ever going to be able to get out of this. How am I ever going to be able to recover from this? How can I, if I do this and then this happens, God, God, all these things happen and we're, just, and we're just bound up all the time. We're bound up either because we think we did it wrong or we're bound up because we don't think God can, God can, God, you've never seen a problem like me before. Matthew 6. Verse 25, and I want, to ask you, I want to ask you a question before we read this. And you've got to kind of answer this for yourself and be honest with yourself. What makes you worried? What makes you worried? Why do you worry? When you're by yourself and the enemy comes because you realize anxiousness doesn't come from God, why do you worry? You think about that. What makes you worried? What makes you worried? Matthew 6, verse 25. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. It's kind of one of those like, okay, great. How am I supposed to do that? He's getting, God's getting ready to, Jesus is getting ready to explain it to us. What you will eat or drink, or about your body. I've got too many people worried about their bodies. I've got, too, I've got too many people. I've got too many fitness people that are just worried about the way they look because they're too vain. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can anyone of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? So he's like, he's back on clothes again. Why, why are you worried about the way you look? See the flowers of the field as they uh, see the see how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon. The smartest, richest dude who ever was and whoever will be in the natural sense. So we missed it, guys. We, 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 just, we, just can't, we just can't catch up to Solomon. Okay? Not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown to the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what will we eat or what will we drink? Joan, my, my, my kids are worried about that all the time. What are we going to eat? What are we going to eat? Stop. What shall we drink or what will we wear? For the pagans run after all of these things. The reason why they run for all these things is because they don't have the knowledge of the one. They don't believe in the promise of the one. They don't believe that, that their needs are met on the mountain 
of God. It will be provided. I don't believe in that. They don't have the knowledge. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. I'm going to ask you a question again. Why do you worry? Why do you worry? What worries you? What are you worried about? I'm talking about whenever you, okay, we, the church stuff's over. We don't have to pretend anymore. Why are, why are you at home? Are you worried? What problem, what provision, what need are you needing met, answered, taken care of? Why are you worried? We need to introduce our, here's why. It's because we need just haven't introduced that problem to Jehovah Jireh yet. We haven't taken that problem to the mountain of Sinai, the new covenant. My needs are met. The Lord's provided it. Last passage of scripture I want to read to you guys tonight, and then I'll close. Matthew 16, verse 13. says, when Jesus came to the region of Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do the people say the Son of Man is? Again, think about the split. The people who should know and the people who don't know. We're just asking the people, who do they say that I am? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. Then he turned the question, what about you? Who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. In all three accounts of this story, It all starts the same way. Who do the people out there who don't know me, who do they say that I am? And and they had a lot of different thoughts. The people had a lot of different thoughts about who Jesus could be because they didn't believe that he was who he said he was. Moses, Elijah, one of the other prophets, Jeremiah, All answers of people who were not the answer. All answers of people who were great men. Hey, great guess. It's a good guess. Not King Saul. It's a good guess. King Saul's a bad guy. Not King Ahab. It's a good guess. Not, not King Ahab. Good guess. When we try to find a different answer other than the right answer for our provision, good try. It's a good guess. There's a lot of Christians that go through life like that. And they think that the provision of heaven 
is poured out by just standing just right and praying words just right at the right time when the right song's playing, when the right preacher's preaching, when the pastor's here, that's when the anointing of God can, that's when my provision can happen. If, if oh man, dang, I was going to go up and get prayer, but the right people up there praying aren't there. The real, the real spiritual people aren't up. See, the people that got the real gift, they're, they, we, I know how Chapman does. He puts a few of them up there that are like, not the real, but then there's some over here. It's kind of like great value prayers. And then the, that's what we treat it like. We treat it, we treat the provision of heaven as if it's like a, you've got to just get the wind just right. And then bam, provision just hits you right in the face. But the answer is looking at you right in the face. And, and this is God. I want you to hear this. He turns the question around. And he asks the pertinent question that we all have to ask ourselves daily. Who do you say that God is? Not who I say he is. Not what your church says he is. Not what the politician that you like says he is and says he does. Who do you say that God is? Because your answer to that question will determine whether or not if Jehovah Jireh is getting ready to walk into the room or not. Who do you say that I am, God says. God's asking that tonight. Who do you say that I am? Jehovah Jireh, your provider, is standing before you saying, Who do you say that I am? Your answer can only be what you have faith for him to be. Who do you say that I am? Am I Jehovah Jireh? Oh God, you make me feel so good. Go on there and sing them songs and I got church and they give me an opportunity to have some friends and I'm looking for a Christian guy that I could, or a Christian girl that I could, no, all that's stuff. Who, who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus replied, blessed are you. Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. Your answer, your answer determines whether or not if you're going to be blessed. It's your answer. It's your answer. If Jesus was standing up here on the stage tonight, and he were to ask you, who do you say that I am? It'd be only be your answer that would determine whether or not you're blessed or not. I want to close with that thought. Because I want us to get the impact and the power that we have in our thoughts. Who do you say that God is? Is he Jehovah Jireh? Is he your provider? And if, and if you are someone who is bound up in worry bound up in, in, in anxiousness, and you're, 
you, are, you, you go through that cycle, you need to confront that. Confront those thoughts. You need to take them captive. You need to take them hostage all the way to Mount Sinai and lay them down there. Because like Abraham said, on the mountain of the Lord, it'll be provided. Your provision, your want, your need, your healing is already guaranteed to you on the mountain of the Lord, Jehovah Jireh. Thank you for being part of our podcast today. You'll find more online messages from Christian Ministries Church, as well as location information on our website at cmchurch.net. There's a place for you at Christian Ministries Church, where it's more than a church, it's family.